That's it. Yeah, we going? Yeah. So, uh, welcome everyone. Thank you for listening to the Citadel Podcast. I am your host, Nate Fleming. Today, uh, for the beginning of season two, I am joined by two two co-hosts today two two co-hosts two yeah. two co-hosts two. two co-hosts wearing tutus who gets introduced first Close. and first is in the order of importance incredible uh amazing very brilliant uh stupendous uh-huh. awesome uh-huh. truly awe-inspiring like trefania it. flynn oh, okay. salzman is here on the mic hello trefania how are you doing i'm doing all right uh, and, and trefania what is your position at citadel my position is co-founder and CEO. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> Happy to be here. I like when you call him voluptuous. Voluptuous? Yeah. I mean, I think that's an accurate description. <laughs> I think it's real accurate. I mm-hmm. mean, that's hard to take that's my it. eyes off you. I understand. There you Because we're seated across from each other. <laughs> you are. Pretty much. Staring yeah. directly at each other's eyes. We're, I'm not staring at his eyes. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> These hips don't lie. <laughs> Magic eye. Oh, oh my wow. Goodness. Okay. I'll, all I'm saying Does is. Does anyone know what that is? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm asking our listeners. You had a deprived childhood is what we found no, out. No, 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 no. If you don't know what Magic Eye is. I don't think. Stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. D- You're delete not it. our audience. <laughs> delete the podcast. Delete your podcast app. Delete your phone. Wow. Delete Return yourself. it to Verizon. <laughs> don't go too far, Josh. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. No, no. Um, yeah, so we had the joy mm. yesterday in my <laughs> mid-30s of sitting around and restoring the magic of the magic, magic eye. eye. The official name for magic eye is stereogram. It's essentially a layered technique where they use uh, two images of tessellations, one over top of the other, and it creates a 3D effect, essentially. I'm just going to say it. Yesterday at the bar, you said, said Tesseract. Tesseract. Because I was thinking, yeah, oh, dude, I was so thinking. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, they use the power of Loki's Tesseract, <laughs> tesseract. in order to confuse the human eye. Uh, you you will remember it. You'll remember it from being that book that you used to shove your nose into yes. and then slowly yeah. move it away from your Yeah, head. I remember so, that. I just never knew it was called Magic Eye. How did you not know the title of the book? It didn't say that on the it, de- it absolutely, no, it did not. It absolutely. Uh-huh. I, bet, I bet it said it, but you had to do the stereogram <laughs> to see it. Yeah. And she couldn't see it. Yeah, she couldn't I see, couldn't it. see it. Uh, that's my piece of information. I just wanted to say magic eye and see what would happen <laughs> on here. I feel like anyone listening is now like, oh my God, I'm in love. Um, okay. I have an idea. Okay. What if we talked about mm. Melissa? Just any Melissa. any Melissa. Just any Melissa at all. Okay. I, I, say... I know some Melissas. In the second grade, uh-huh. um, oh. there was a girl named Melissa who uh, tackled me during uh, the Days of the Week um, album. We would play that and we would dance around. Melissa tackled me and she tried to kiss me. Wow. And I was very upset. You know was she sound? successful? Oh. In the tackle or the kiss? In... Let's go with the tackle. She was successful in the tackle. What about the kiss? She was successful in the kiss. Oh, wow. Two for two, Melissa. Melissa. Mm -hmm. Oh, for two, Josh. (laughs) Hang on, I need to do some Googling. (laughs) Where is Melissa? Uh, That sounds a lot like the Melissa I had on my mind to talk about. Really? There was a computer virus in 1999. Melissa virus. 
It's a mass mailing macro virus. Do you know anything about this, either of you? Mm. I know why it's called the Melissa virus. Oh, I mm. also do. <laughs> um, if you if you have been working on computers since the '90s, you'll remember a um, a company called Trend Micro creating a a web version of their antivirus called Trend Micro House Call. And you would go to housecall.trendmicro.com. And as it was running, it would give you all kinds of security facts. And one of those facts was there was a guy in Miami who <laughs> fell in love with a stripper and decided to name his mower after her. Sorry, we have dinosaurs in the hallway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, he named his malware after a stripper. Yeah. I, my guess is the stripper's name was Melissa. Yeah. Uh, hopefully her name wasn't Virus. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's the Melissa Virus. <laughs> Never after the stripper. <laughs> Melissa? No, Virus. She was great, man. She'd really, she'd take you for all you had. <laughs> her hips didn't lie. No, they didn't. Oh, it's full circle. So this Melissa Virus, I mean, like, it, from what it looks like, is it technically, well, it's not classified as a worm. It's, how is it, what is the classification of a virus then, a computer virus? So I think that the broadest term that you can use to describe viruses is malware. Mm. Malware is any kind of software that is performing bad actions or actions that a, a, a user didn't know about. It's something that's happening on, on their behalf. Um, that's the broadest term. And a virus is a specific type of malware that self-replicates by inserting its code into other programs. So then, would this be would this be considered a virus? I'll, let me explain for our listeners exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, he created this program. It would target mm -hmm. Microsoft Word and Outlook-based systems. And the virus would infect computers via email. So you'd receive an email that would be titled important message from, and then it would be followed by your username. So important message from yourself. And then you'd open it and inside it would say, here's that document you asked for, don't show anyone else. And attached was a Word document titled list.doc mm -hmm. containing a list of terrible sites and accompanying logins for each of them. By terrible, I mean adult sites. Mm -hmm. um, it would then send itself to the first 50 people in the user's contact list and then disable multiple safeguard features on Microsoft Word and Microsoft Outlook. So you'd, you'd get this email that looked like it was from you. You click the attachment. It gives you a bunch of different uh, inappropriate adult sites with their login information. And then the moment you opened it, it would send that same email to the first 50 of your contacts. It's oh, a bad forward. Email yes. chain. <laughs> Is that bad luck coming back yeah. around? <laughs> yeah. You should have just signed yeah. that letter and sent it forward. Come on, man. Yeah. Um, so that's the outcome, but it doesn't talk to us about the uh, the method of compromise, and I think that's what the virus definition keys in on. Um, there's there's some worm-like behavior there. Worm is anything that kind of kind of replicates itself, um, and I, I bet that's an email worm. Um, would would the dot doc would the would the attachment use macros to perform its dirty business? Yes, it would. It looks like it. It stated that it would use macros. I bet this is very early on in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, boy, I mean a trend uh, that continues today, mm -hmm. where people are using uh, the the scripting language that's built into Microsoft Office, um, Visual Basic for applications, um, to. To do all kinds of stuff, to steal money, to steal credentials, to, to uh, I mean anything you can, you can manipulate on a computer. You can you can get to it through 
a malformed VBA script. So thanks. Who Vacation Bible School? VBA? Vacation Bible. Ah, <laughs> that's cool. Um, it didn't say, it doesn't say anywhere about him wanting to gain money from it, no. it, it or information. He just d- did it to do it. Like, yeah, the, the story uh-huh. goes, it was, it was to like profess his love for this girl, mm-hmm. Melissa. I wonder if she like came back to him or she probably did she was probably <laughs> really excited about that virus she was like oh my god you did this all for me <laughs> hey, you never know what she's into i don't know she could be in the computer viruses but yeah. essentially it shut down was it three 300 corporations and government agencies worldwide they, they became overloaded and had to be shut down because they like everything on their server mm-hmm. crept to a crawl yeah, so this is hot on the heels of the I Love You virus. Oh, and yeah. I think you'll remember that in the yes. I Love You virus mm-hmm. uh, story, there was not a lot of cyber legislature. Mm-hmm. Um, there weren't things that outlawed yeah. that kind of behavior. Um, our guy who made the Melissa virus, not so lucky. Um, he went to court. He went to trial. I oh. believe uh, I believe he did a lot of time for that. He did? So she probably didn't write to him or anything. <laughs> you know, who knows? <laughs> It didn't take them long to find him. He really? was in New Jersey. Yeah. They traced his electronic fingerprints to the virus to Smith, who was arrested in northeastern New Jersey on April 1st, 1999. Oh, they were fast. Mm, April Fool's. He pleaded guilty on December 1999, and in May 2002, he was sentenced to 20 months in federal prison and fined $5,000. 2002? He had to wait for... The, look, court cases take forever to get moved. What do you do until then? You just hang out at home or... They, they, depending on what the severity of your uh, crime is, you could just wait in jail until you. Trial. Oh, that's pretty bad. There's, there's a lot of innocent people who are waiting in jail <laughs> right now. Do you know the story of Kevin Mitnick? Mitnick. No. Kevin Mitnick. Um, he's, he calls himself like the most prolific hacker ever. He was a social engineer guy. He would use freaking boxes. Um, yeah. Ph. Ph freaking. <laughs> um, Kevin was denied uh, his phone call because a judge said that if he was allowed to access a payphone, he would start World War III. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of fear around what could happen if this guy got access to a phone, so. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. With a payphone? Mm-hmm. I'd do it just to say I did it. <laughs> <laughs> like, truly, if that if that's all it took for me to start World War III, <laughs> I'd be in history books and people would be like, yeah, this is cause of Kevin Mitnick he got access to a payphone because he was given one phone yeah. when he was put in jail. And you know what he did? He started a war that's last 30 years. Wow. Like, I'd be all down for that. <laughs> Imagine how cool I would be to certain groups of people. <laughs> There'd be like a whole payphone cult about me. A pay It'd be like, we cult. worship the payphone of Nate. Are payphones <laughs> still around? Yeah. I've not seen a payphone in a very long time. Yeah, where are they? I'm going to Google it. Let's see. Maybe a hospital? Why would you have a payphone at a hospital? Oh, you got to call your family if you don't have your cell They just phone. have phones at the hospital. You're going to use the phone behind the desk at the, the nurse's station? There's a phone They're in your room. They're not going to let you. It's connected Samantha to your bed. Samantha at the nurse's station is not going to let you use that phone. Yeah, but Margaret Samantha. Will. Margaret might. Yeah. yeah. Samantha's a real. <laughs> Margaret is. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> you got to edit that. <laughs> Samantha's hips. So I mean, this this one is simple. It's just email security. Like that's mm. it, it just being smart when 
the prevention yeah yeah to keep this from happening to you sure yeah well, there's probably a bunch of different ways you can approach it right mm. one way uh, is to is to get some email security um the trouble with that is that those think about the role of an email security tool we want to stop every bad thing from getting to you okay how how accurate is that security tool if it's going to catch everything, if it's going to catch 100% of the bad stuff, it's also going to catch a bunch of stuff that it thinks is bad that turns out to be good, legitimate business. We got a lot of examples that we could pull from uh, in our time working for the bank where, man, you know, important loan documents would get yeah. blocked. Or, I mean, sometimes <clears throat> we'd have people calling us and they were like, look, there's millions of dollars mm -hmm. on the line right now. And your security tool is blocking this from our inboxes. So my Gmail just started blocking random things all of a sudden too. Like there's a lot more in my spam folder than normal. Yeah. Really? I haven't had to look at my spam folder ever before. But now like a lot of important auditions were sent straight to my spam folder. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, I, I need these. Yeah. This is, how else am I going to make money? Yeah. <laughs> how am I going to eat my roast beef on Friday? You know? <laughs> so like that. It does like it. That's a hindrance, mm -hmm. and I don't want to look in my spam folder. But now I have to every day, and mm -hmm. then if it's not in there, I clear it out. So if I see the number jump up yep. around when I'm supposed to be getting an email, I know mm -hmm. what's going on. Yeah, and if you're a business, you can never expect your employees to check their junk or spam every day, or if they've got some kind of a special mailbox. Right. They're they're never going to do that. It just doesn't happen. So you have to you have to also get some staff who will manage the tool, who will check those um, those folders and they'll say like, what's blocked today? What's good? What do we need to release back mm -hmm. to our, our end users? So that's one approach is like the security tool approach. The other way is security training. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking for a, a product, you'll, you'll th these are called um, security awareness training platforms. And it, any kind of security awareness training is just going to try to educate users to make more informed decisions it will let them know about things like the Melissa virus, except the modern Melissa viruses. Um, and then it'll explain, look, if you get a, a document that you weren't expecting, don't hit that enable content button. Don't um, don't hit the allow pictures. Don't don't open yourself up to any mm -hmm. any of these risks that it will then educate them on. Uh, Kevin Mitnick has one. Uh, it's called No Before. Um, I've used that oh, in the past his? life. Yeah, I didn't know that. Which is which is why. <laughs> The material is real dry. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, if you're looking to just show compliance, yeah. check yes, that box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mis <laughs> Mr. Auditor, we have accomplished the task of getting everyone their training. Thank you, Mr. Auditor. No Before is a great tool for that. Um, we've recently started talking with Hook Security. They've mm -hmm. got a really um, a different approach. Yeah. Um, the... They they make training a little more enjoyable. A little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they yeah. do great work over there. So a hurricane hits, right? Okay. What are the cybersecurity ramifications of a hurricane hitting? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know why that popped in my head, but I was thinking of um Are there data centers in well, I, that? Well, I mean, so area? New York get hit gets hit by a category three, New York is gone. Mm. Whoa. That's just, that's it. If anything, if if a three or larger hits New York, New York can't handle it, it'll be underwater completely. Like the whole city. Oh my word. Essentially. 
um, like down here, friends. we get hit by like a five, yeah. and it's it's shutting down Florida for a little while. Yeah. And if it goes up the coast with any of that strength, you, you, <clears throat> anywhere above Florida is not ready for hurricanes. Period. New York, absolutely not. That's true. And it's a low end three that has to hit New York to like done. What it? I get that power shut out, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. What what are the what do you have to do to plan for this? I feel like this is something. Yeah, that's you a guys would business know. continuity. Yeah, this is everything this is that a, I did. Oh, I'm excited. Eyes are sparkling. Well, yeah, because nobody, <laughs> no one ever asks me about business continuity and disaster recovery. <laughs> I would love to hear your thoughts before I, I tell you, you guys in. how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear you get it wrong before I tell <laughs> yeah, you how to get it right. That's exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. Uh huh. I don't. Um, my first thought is it's not really about cybersecurity, but it goes back to our conversation about cloud and the protection of data in the gotcha. data centers that could be in Florida, which they probably are. Usually they're like in Miami, um, Orlando, Jacksonville, Atlanta. Um, there's a lot of data centers around um, in those areas, like in the suburbs of those areas typically. Gotcha. And if any of, of those went down, well, I guess then it would just go to another uh, data center out on the West Coast. Gotcha. That's what I'm thinking. So essentially then it's more of the physical protection. Yeah, of... is what I'm thinking, yeah when I think about cloud and data. Okay. So, That's my thoughts. Yeah, so your thoughts are immediately going to service availability and yeah. data availability, mm-hmm. which is about a third of <clears throat> uh, cybersecurity concerns, right? Yeah. We say confidentiality, integrity, and availability are like the three pillars of, of security. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Is that true? Confidentiality. No, you've I've, heard that. No, I have not heard that. Yeah, we call it the CIA triad because we like to say things in... So many acronyms. Uh-huh. Acronyms and cool video game terms. Yeah. That's right. yeah. <laughs> it should be the CIA Triforce, but I rest my case. So it's it's confidentiality, uh-huh. integrity, and availability. Yeah. yeah. Confidentiality yeah. is, of course, your ability to keep things secret. Mm-hmm. Integrity is to, to be able to trust the source of information. Zero trust. <laughs> Sorry, just keep going. I just want to, I'm throwing trigger words to sound smart. Keep going. <laughs> Buzzwords, keep them coming. And availability is your ability to access or use the data appropriately. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, most people, when they're planning uh, for a hurricane, mm-hmm. that's really all they're thinking. If a building is underwater, how do we continue doing business? Hold your breath. I'll tell you from uh, the experience of someone who um, had to uh, solve some logistics challenges in um, putting some plywood in some windows that were missing. Um, you're... you're there, there's more to it than just data availability mm. when you're talking about these data centers. If if you look at the construction of those buildings, I know you guys talked a little bit about this um, last week on the podcast. Um, you'll you'll see that there is redundant streams of power that go to those facilities. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. the ballasts and all the traffic management to keep yeah. people from driving in. There's a lot of times there's guards. There are man traps. There are pressure plates. Yeah. Um, there's a temperature sensor that we saw in uh, Brown Deer. My ex was a man trap. Mm. Keep going. <laughs> that spaghetti bit. <laughs> it's a good bit. It's a good bit. It's a real good bit. Um, it's in, and in some cases, you'll even see that there's two roofs that are built on these data centers just because that's the best way we could figure out hurricane preparedness what if the roof comes Mm -hmm. off Ah, as a second roof okay (laughs) good to go (laughs) Um, but think about this if you can physically access a server a hard drive anything that you can touch you can own it 
you can you can blow the the, the passwords away that are on a, a Windows device. You can um, if if you have physical access to something, it's yours. So, <laughs> uh, imagine you're protecting bank records or um, you know account numbers or that sort of thing, mm-hmm. as we did. Oh yeah. Power goes out to a building, and that building uses electronic locks. All of a sudden, there's a real problem here. How do we prevent people from being able to access drives that are no longer locked up? Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, that means that we send people in a truck right after the storm goes through, and they're just at the site until the power comes back on. There's a Maybe there's a rotation of people, but you know that your goal is you have to have somebody there physically on site um, just to make sure that nobody walks in looking for an opportunity. Mm. So then it just becomes, not just, but it becomes more about the physical security than the digital security. When it comes to hurricanes, I mm-hmm. think so, yeah. Yeah, and and I think that something I never think about is the fact that at a certain point, cybersecurity is also the actual physical security, yeah. which we did touch on last week. But that's just not, that's not something that I think about. Yeah. Like, I don't think you need to have people protecting something. Right. I just think, well... Make it safer online. Yeah, <laughs> just get on there and put a wall up online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it never it it even now saying it out loud. I'm still like this shouldn't be talked about on this podcast because <laughs> this is about cybersecurity. Yeah, you have to think about those things. We yeah. and we had to get to solve those concerns for you know what are we going to do with those decommissioned hard drives? Yeah, right? we can't just we can't we can't just leave them around. We can't just throw them mm-hmm. away. They've got to be um, destroyed. They've got to be, yeah. but not just destroyed. They have to be uh, escorted to their destruction. You can't just send them off to yeah. a center because what if something, right. a package gets opened yeah. and a drive leaks out? Now you have a privacy incident. Um, the the physical logistics of physical security are, um, it's a lot to wrap your mind around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there, there's something that you almost got me in, which kind of connects is social engineering as well. Yeah. Where now people are, people like me, who mm-hmm. are fantastic at lying their way into anything <laughs> they want to be a part of, uh-huh. are sent into, uh, for example, since you guys are working for a bank, are sent into smaller branches to see if they can yeah. use the smaller branches' connectivity to the larger branch yep. mm-hmm. by going in and being like, hey, I'm... You guys, I'm supposed to be in here, and I'm, I got to replace the AC. It's just, it was a call from someone last minute. Mike told me to come through and get it for you. Do you mind if I just get in and get out quick? I've got six other places I got to go today. This mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to be added. I just got to get in and get out. And then the, no one's really going to question something like that coming across the table. They're not going to check for my ID because I've created, I, I'm almost like explaining how pressure. social engineering yeah. works. Yeah. Um, but essentially, I've made it so that I can just walk in, I plug in a flash drive, and like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, this is just, it, in order for us to update your systems, we have to be able to plug in our program, to be able to operate what we need to do on our end. Yeah. It just makes it easier for us. Then I don't have to keep coming in. You don't have to deal with me anymore. We're all good. And my goal is to get this flash drive onto mm-hmm. your system. And that's when the the people who hired me, your, like your team of uh, cybersecurity professionals, get pinged from whatever I've just done mm-hmm. to yeah. let them know that, they failed at mm-hmm. what they were supposed to do. But there's that side of it too where someone like me could do that. So you said something that I love, which is my goal is to get that on their computer. I gotta mm-hmm. impl- I'm gonna plug in that that mm-hmm. thing. You there's a there's one thing that you were going there to do. Yeah. You have a goal. The people who are meeting you there, they don't have a goal. It's not their goal to prevent you from being able to plug it in. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's not in their mind. If if we could if we could approach it that way if we could if we could approach hmm. whatever our normal methods of doing business are, 
And instead of just saying like, oh, there's a person here, they're nice and I need to be nice to them also and I need to be uh, supportive and I need yeah. to make sure that he gets whatever he wants so that he doesn't get mad at me, which uh, I think is what people default to. A hundred percent. Yeah, especially, well, I think being in customer service. Yeah. Because um, that's really what you're trained to do. You're trained to, you know, with Chick-fil-A or any of the high-end or whatever customer service people, you know, my pleasure. That's their mm -hmm. default mm -hmm. instead of, sorry, no, you can't come in. Right. Like I, I don't, I think about the people at the branches and that was one of the reasons why they were differentiated is because of their customer service and how yeah. well they took care of customers. So to have someone like Nate come in and put yeah. this pressure, of course they're going to accommodate him in what he needs. Yeah. So it really is it kind of sets him up for failure. And that's and that's that's the hard that's the hard challenge yeah. that that it does put them up against. Mm -hmm. um, as often as we would build out some security plan and we would have tools and technology and staff who is there yeah. to to stop the bad guys. Anytime we would have a penetration test done mm -hmm. from the technical side, you know, it, it was always yeah. a clean report. Anytime from the social engineering side, mm -hmm. there was never a clean report. There's mm -hmm. always failures. And I think it's because of, of how difficult it is for people to... Mm -hmm. Well, you don't have the, and I think, I wonder if it goes back to um, leadership giving them permission to say no to customers. Yeah. Um, if it goes, I'm curious to see if there will be any studies for an, a company that the um, customer service representatives are allowed to fire the customer, mm -hmm. whereas another company they'll do whatever it takes for the customer. I'm wondering if they would have different social engineering like outcomes. I'd have to think so. Nate shows up in that bucket hat and says, <laughs> let me plug in this flash drive. Hey, man, I'm coming here, but I should do something. I'm just trying to get put together. You know what I'm, I'm just going to get in there and get done. He's doing no more. like, I just want him to leave because I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I just got plugged in. I'm going to be getting ready. He's getting ready. He's retired. You didn't know. <laughs> Come on, baby. I'm going to get up one more. Take it back. It's like, what is he saying? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I'm just coming out of my mouth <laughs> right now. Um, I I, th I think, in my opinion, people across the board should be taught the the white van candy man method. <laughs> okay, talk to me about this. Growing up, mm. what's the one thing adults always told you? White man candy van. <laughs> yeah, they did. No, wait, never... white van candy. White man. white man candy van. <laughs> never take never take candy from strangers. Right. Yeah, it, it was yeah. meant to be an across the board. Like it became more than just literal someone offering you candy mm -hmm. the idea being don't take something from someone you don't know yeah don't don't like oh yeah take so even now if someone's like hey i have a flash drive i bought i'm like i i don't know can do you have your own device to pull it up on first so i can see it uh, like and then you can shoot me an email or something something that makes it a little bit safer for mm -hmm. me to get it yeah i don't really trust flash drives and I do a lot of video work where mm -hmm. people are transferring videos back and forth to me. I would rather use my own flash drive on your device to grab the files myself yep. than, hmm. than me take it from you. So I'm, I'm of the mindset now of don't take candy from strangers. I'm not going to let you do anything on my device without me watching you do it. Yeah. Not that I have anything to steal other than my incredible amount of debt and my terrible credit score. So if you were to assume my identity, thank you, I get to restart. <laughs> but but I mean, if we adopt that idea of never take candy from strangers, apply that to anything we're doing with computers, yeah. Yeah. now our goal is to protect what protect this stuff we have. The same protect protection that you have of your phone where you don't 
you don't want anyone to see it. You don't want anyone in it. It's your it's your private space. That same thing should be flipped over to mm, your computer, your digital yeah. your digital life. Don't you're not gonna just give someone your phone to do whatever they want with it unless you know them. That's true. And if you don't know them and they're like, Hey, I'd like to make a phone call, you're breathing down their neck while yeah. they're making this phone call. <laughs> You're not letting them get away with it. I think the don't take candy from strangers helps a lot, especially if it's a social engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that also plays into the the physical protection of cyber security. Yeah. And consider, too, that candy takes a lot of forms when you talk about cyber security. When you talk about social engineering, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. candy takes a lot of forms. Um, you've got the guy who wants to plug in the USB drive. But if a hurricane has come through, yeah, there's the weird Creole guy who mumbles <laughs> to try to get you to plug in his flash drive. Jacques. Jacques? Oh, okay. That makes sense. There's Jacques. Okay. Um, but there's also like invoice fraud. What if I just Oh yeah. What if I just mm-hmm. if I if I'm a handyman and I just mail an invoice, a low invoice, something that's maybe two or three thousand mm-hmm. dollars to that's low. a half dozen what? Keep going to a half dozen people. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, a half dozen uh, uh, large organizations. Yeah, I was a drywall guy who came out and I did some service on one of your yeah. buildings. When they look at the the amount of that invoice and they look at the amount of work it's going to take to vet them or to make sure that it's valid yeah. against the low expense of of the invoice, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases you'll just have people who go out and they and they pay that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Takes too much time. If that happens, how um, who nope. gets in trouble? Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay, I was just curious. No, uh-uh. I was just curious. Just gotta pay rent. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, once again, another, I'm not, it's another thing I don't think of. Donation scams, hurricane relief donation scams. Oh, Those yeah. are always big right in the wake of a. Some mm. of them call them um, a way a president buoys himself after he is not voted in. I don't know anything about that. Uh, to me personally, I think most of the things people want donations to are donation scams. That's oh. just my opinion. If you look at like the uh, the efficiency ratio, the yeah. the amount that actually goes to the cause versus okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like real low because they have to pay the people who right. put up Call. the donation, <laughs> like <laughs> the people who are the ones taking the money, taking the calls, like working this. Yeah. They got to get paid to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you may donate, but it's not gonna go where it needs to go. And mm. and for my year and a half working for a nonprofit. It's very true. The donations just went straight to my salary, and my salary was nothing. <laughs> like it, it, it didn't go anywhere in the organization. Yeah. Yep. Wow, you like stopped halfway through the invoice fraud because <laughs> yeah. you just didn't want me to get any ideas. I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I suddenly became aware that we were making, we were just giving people the recipe, right, for what to do. Yeah, especially and with I'm the not finished with my recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm curious as to how many people view their online presence with an added sense of security. How do you mean? I I feel like there aren't a lot of people who are worried about being breached in any way. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that you 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 generally have probably have two categories of people. Yeah, maybe three. Where or four. it could be four, it could be five. Um, <laughs> Where, you know, on the one hand, you got people who have never been compromised before. Yeah. So they never had to deal with those headaches, the the cost, the expenses, and they don't see the value. Um, and then on the other hand, you have people who have, they have learned a lesson and they're not willing to be in that position again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Do you guys have any quotes for me? 
penny saved is a penny. Quotes. A penny saved is a penny earned. Uh, wise lady I named Shakira once said, "These hips don't lie." <laughs> <laughs> I I don't. I disagree with the penny saved is a penny earned. Penny saved is a penny earned. How? Why? If you save it, you already earned it. Yeah, that's. I think that's the whole. That's the. Isn't that the? You same? just said it. A in penny earned words. is a penny earned. You don't gotta mm-hmm. save it to earn it. But if you save it, it's like earning it a second time. No, it's not earning it a second time. It's like just, it. you literally earned it once and you're just putting it away in case you need it later. It's not. But what if you forget about it and then you find it again? It's still not earned. You still had it. You just never used it. Mm. Never used I think it. stupid people. Like bird in the hand. Is two worth two birds. Two birds. <laughs> what is that? I don't know what that one is. It's fine. Something you have is better than an opportunity. Mm. I was just going to see if for season two we could end oh, on quotes. Oh, that's interesting. End on quotes? Yeah, like a like a good quote. You know? Okay. Um, I feel like Trefinia would be like, all, I feel like this is right up your alley. I mean. So next time, next time we do this, I think, which was next. Oh, week. here's one. There you go. Um, this one was a person said this. A person said this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone we had lunch with, and she said, "Don't be afraid of the dirt because you come from it." And I was like, I like that. Huh. I honestly there never came from dirt. I'm a silver spoon type of guy. <laughs> I've heard that about you. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. Hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think ending on a quote should be fun. All right. Nice little-